bad girl. Bad girl, bad girl. A bad girl no madova, boy pick me. Real Bad Gal Tings. I'm your host, Nish Maroon, and welcome to Bad Gal Chat Podcast. Now, let's get into the show. Hello, everybody. So today, we have a special guest, Marissa Grant, also known as Marissa Daddy. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing so well. How are you? Good, thank you. Before we get into the questions, let's play a little game of Convo and Chill. Convo and Chill is a Black-owned card game. It has 99 controversial question cards. Um, It is available in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. for purchase on Amazon. And if you want a deal, all you have to do is DM badgal2 at Convo and Chill and make sure you give them a follow as well. Okay, Hmm. let's see what we have here today for the questions. Hmm, okay, so I'm always trying to find a good one. I'm always, okay, we'll do this one. The classic question. How do you want to be shown love? A, gifts, B, words of affirmation, C, physical touch, D, acts of service, or E, quality time, the love languages. Mm-hmm. So I definitely like to be shown um, love through quality time. I'm all about spending time with people that I care about. And yeah, that really like shows me like that someone's really into me or like really cares about me when they just want to spend just spend on un, distracted time with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I always feel like my uh love language languages change ah <laughs> uh-huh, yeah definitely yes they do they it's kind of like the Myers-Briggs test you have to like take it every so often and see mm-hmm. um how you've changed so for a really long time uh, it was quality time as well for me and I think now in my life acts of service because I'm so busy and if my partner could help me do a task um or, uh, you know, take something off of my, check something off of my list, that would be great. And that's, to me, I'm like, oh, you really care. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what, thinking about it, I did do it again after, well, like during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. and noticing how much things have changed, and definitely physical touch is up there now for me, whereas before I was like, actually, I do miss cuddling and being touched, you know, like, Whereas before, I'm like, that's not even priority to me. Right. So it's interesting how those things do change as you grow. I read an article that during the pandemic, people are, um, or the lockdown more, uh, more so, people were having um, touch hunger or touch starvation or something yeah. like that. Yes, I forgot the term for it, but people yeah. were literally craving touch because, mm-hmm. especially those of us who lo- live alone, mm-hmm you know, we're like, oh my gosh, I haven't had a hug in three months. (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah, exactly. It's super tricky. Um, But now let's get into the questions. So first things first, um, I really wanted to have you on the show. uh, And I was so happy that we were able to connect on Twitter. And it was um, around the same time that I saw your ad with RBC for Pride. 
Um, so mm-hmm. you're a non-binary Jamaican person. Yes. Um, so I just wanted to talk to you about what that's like and um, how that ad was for you, uh, especially because that's super important representation, especially for Black families in general, to mm-hmm. see that love being given to you know, a queer family member. Yeah, so it was a really beautiful opportunity to be able to kind of share my coming out story and share my family's reaction to it. I'm really blessed in the sense that I have a family that's been supportive of my journey and understanding myself throughout these years. In addition to that, I'm a parent too. So there's a lot of um, titles and responsibilities that I carry. And growing up, I grew up in the church. I was very like a very strict household. It wasn't until I went off to university and wasn't living with my parents that I really started to understand and discover my queerness. I definitely had times before where I didn't understand it. So when I met someone who was queer or saw any kind of like gay stuff happening, I was like straight up homophobic and weird about it because Mm -hmm. I had so much internalized homophobia. So it's been a while and like years in the process of me getting to like unlearn those things and then accept myself to be able to come to my parents and tell them like hey this is how I identify this is who I love and I hope you'll still support me and I've been very blessed that they still do right yeah it's, it's beautiful to to witness that and what's it like to be a non-binary parent because that's something that I don't hear of a lot obviously we know mm-hmm. non-binary people but to be a parent and to teach a child and also how do you navigate gender in parenting with your own child? Mm -hmm. So navigating gender while being a parent has been interesting because in seeing my son uh, go through the school like system and see how he navigates it, it's interesting to learn how quickly kids pick up on what gender roles are just from school. I remember when my son, cause he's only six right now. So he only had recently started to go to school. And I remember him coming home and being like, no, pink is for girls. If I would put him in a pink shirt. And I'm just like, where do you even get mm. that from? Like, what makes you think that a certain color belongs to girls or a certain color belongs to boys? It's just for people. And like having conversations like that, as soon as I hear those things, that's when I feel like they're perfect opportunities to help him learn so that he doesn't also perpetuate that in his life and like stop himself from liking things. Like I, when I had a child, I was like, it'd be really interesting if I ended up having a queer child, but my son right now seems very, very straight. (laughs) Oh, how boring. Um, He's very much a boy's boy in the most stereotypical sense of it all. So I just do a lot of the work of making sure he grows up to be a man that um, is respectful, Mm -hmm. is open and accepting of everyone. Yeah, that's really important, especially because that has a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that within circles of folks who are more masculine leaning, um, air quotes, the boys. <laughs> yeah. It takes sometimes just one person to be like, actually, that's really misogynistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that has a big impact. It's, it's, a, it's a small scenario that has a big impact and it all starts at home. Um, so I think that's really important and impactful. 
So let's get into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're nosy. We're nosy here on Bad Gal Chat uh, Podcast. So <laughs> we want to know, inquiring minds must know, what is your love life like? Oh, wow. Um, my love life. Oh, it's stressful. Trying to date while being a person who creates a party for the same people that I date, like a dating pool. Like I make my party and it's for um, QT BIPOC folks. Um, so it's been interesting navigating dating because when I'm on the apps, I'm either meeting people who know of me or people who um, then follow me on Instagram, like after us talking on like an app. And then they're like, wait a minute, hold on. Are you like famous or something? Like, why, <laughs> why do you have so many followers? For mm. why are, you, like, are you in this commercial? Like, uh. so it's like, I either have to be on these apps with a fake name or something because I'm like, I want to have that opportunity for someone to get to know me before just being like straight up like oh you're marissa daddy oh my Mm. god like i will walk downtown and i'll be out with someone and then there's always just someone who knows me saw me in something um so it's definitely interesting because i never chose this life i did (laughs) i didn't wake up one day day and want to be known you know i just do things and um grateful for it though because I love to have the opportunity to be visible especially as a black non-binary person Mm -hmm. but dating is hard for real for real I did like recently start seeing someone but now she's moving to New York so I'm like wow why is this my life um but sorting out how I want to navigate things because also I'm just so damn busy all the time so it's like as much as I want to date I don't know if I really have the time and capacity for it all so right now I just be out here flirting <laughs> me outside somewhere with somebody um don't report back um, who knows how long that'll last also just a lot of heartbreak so I just uh, I'm with you there <laughs> heartbreak hotel okay oh yeah but how is it like to like date as a parent as well because that's something you have to factor into dating is mm-hmm. you know um introducing your kid or not introducing your kid um are they okay with kids um like how what is that like oh my gosh a mess that's why it's just like do I even date like what's the point um (laughs) but I do want meaningful connections so it's it's tricky so for me like um with dating like I know a lot of people who don't have kids and I've spent most of my adulthood life having a child so I've never really had the opportunity to just casually go on a date with someone on a weekday you know on a weeknight Mm. let's just be spontaneous I have to do so much planning and so much coordinating so when a date gets canceled I'm just like you know what (laughs) don't talk to me again (laughs) (laughs) because I'm like yo I went and found a sitter for my son and now we're canceling and it's like I understand it things change but it does get really like um like frustrating for me sometimes because Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm making the time to do this thing only to get kind of disappointed with it all but it it does involve a lot of like working around schedules and you know I know at the end of the day I'll find the person who this works our schedules work together um but yeah I've tried to date someone else who has a kid a mess even more difficult because it's just like coordinating with their 
like family schedule and then also mine so I always thought like oh it'd be so cute we could have a whole like family thing right Um, blended family that works for some people but yeah I life is just too busy for me right now maybe once things slow down I'll be more serious but I'm just out here you know trying to bust a nut (laughs) (laughs) exactly hey I, I feel like that should be a daily goal for folks. I feel like people would be a lot less angry and Absolutely. you know complaining and gloomy if you just release yeah. once know? a day. It's health. It's a part of your health. It is. It's self care. A hundred percent self care, self love, all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, as you mentioned, right now is really hectic for you. But once things start to slow down, or you know, based off of your track record or just who you would like to be with, what's your type? Oh, my type. It's tricky because I am very open, but I just really like to be with someone who like makes me laugh. Like that Mm. is big. If you can't laugh, also you have to be able to dance. Like, and yeah, I dated someone who couldn't dance and I'm like, this is embarrassing. You know, I can't take you out. I don't want people looking at us funny, you know? Um, Yeah. So my type is like someone who's ambitious, someone who um, is always down. Like when I do have those moments where I happen to just be free, like my son's grandparents are like, we're going to take him for a week Mm -hmm. and I can find the time to do things. Like I am a big, like hopeless romantic. So I'm always trying to like do all this sweet, fun stuff, but just having Mm -hmm. someone to do that with. but like physical wise, that's where I'm so open. Like I did for a while date a lot of like more mask leaning people. Mm-hmm. But I think it was because I was like, do I want to be with you or do I want to be you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> While I was trying to like transition into like how I present, I'm like, why am I taking all of my ex's clothes? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna why take this happening? aesthetic from you, this aesthetic yeah. from you. <laughs> and choose. Um, but yeah, just like also being with someone who um is so okay with like themselves and like um in their like they have done the work of finding and understanding themselves because mm-hmm. I've found that like that takes a lot of energy away from relationships while you're still like in transition with yourself um but yeah I love the femmes love the mass <laughs> folks right but really big on the femme energy right now okay fair enough mm-hmm. so it sounds kind of like you like more of an extroverted person from like the comedic thing and like the dancing mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to you know putting it all together yes if you know anyone (laughs) um, to hit my dms there we go oh my gosh I get to play matchmaker (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of dating you have a podcast called date with daddy tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about that yeah so my podcast date with daddy started um back in june of this year and it's just a podcast where you are kind of on an interactive um journey with me um it's very much like a one-on-one conversation like each episode i'm talking to the listener and we are going on a series of dates so that it opens them up to get to know themselves a bit more i found that when I was going on dates, because I was trying to get to know myself, also trying to get to know what I like. I learned that I learned so much about myself through dating people. 
So I thought this would be a really fun way to do that. Um, each episode is 30 minutes, quick uh, thing to just listen to on your own. Don't recommend listening to it while you're on your way to work or anything. It's very- um... <laughs> Get hot and bothered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a friend um, was so excited about the podcast, was like, wow, uh, this is a little too spicy to listen at work, um, but I will be listening later. And I'm like, <laughs> warning. <laughs> yeah, it gets really intimate too, because like, you know, like you do get to know a more intimate side of yourself through dating. Yes, definitely. And also through podcasting. So combining both of those two things. Yeah. Wow. That's like in-depth therapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know what your podcast reminds me of? I bring it up so much on the show. They need to sponsor me at this point is Dipsy. (laughs) I don't know if you're familiar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Someone else told me that. And I was like, maybe I should reach out to Dipsy. You need to voice baby. (laughs) Because they have like a non-binary voices section in the app. So definitely, definitely reach out to them. It's a perfect match. Cause when I'm listening, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly how Dipsy is. Um, so for those who are unfamiliar with Dipsy, not paid, not an ad, I wish, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's essentially, an app filled with different types of audio, but they focus on, um, erotic audio or audio porn for as some would call it um and you can adjust it to black voices non-binary voices as we've mentioned um you know woman on woman man on man um solo they could guide you just through you know masturbation um and they also have amazing sleep sounds like a you know a person could like uh what do you call it? Read you a nighttime story, or they could play a guitar softly by the short. Like it's a whole dream. It's a whole mm-hmm. audio experience. Um, so great. I definitely think that that's another option for you. Date with Daddy mm-hmm. on, you know, Dipsy. <laughs> it would be great. I accidentally um, signed up for your membership with them. So <laughs> I did I. the trial. <laughs> So and then I. it happened too fast. Oh, they got me. So now I have to listen. But mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing. It's not a problem. I was just going to say, I have no complaints, especially those nights <laughs> where it's hard to sleep. Yeah. Of course. Exactly. exactly. I'm going to log in. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, speaking of date with daddy, I keep on saying speaking of, so edit that out. So date with daddy, you're, you're taking the listener on different dates with you. Um, so what are some date ideas that you like or recommend? Oh, I, as I said before, hopeless romantic. So let me tell you about some date ideas. I know a lot of people in Toronto don't drive, but if you are able to, I think as fall is approaching, um, colder months are coming. I think a really great date idea is to go to find a farm, go cherry picking, apple picking, pumpkin picking, do something where you both are like working with your hands. So then it's kind of like, Ooh, I want to see what your hands can do after you. Okay. (laughs) So something like that. I also really think that like, as it gets colder right now, it's hot. It's going to be summer forever. I swear. But once it gets a bit colder, it's nice to get inside, do a thing where you kind of like make a meal together, follow a cute recipe that you find online or just like going for a nature walk. I love being outside while there's still like the ability to and yeah if you don't want it to be so intimate definitely do something outside go to Kensington Market Mm -hmm. have some ingredients to make something cute go to farmer's market all about using your hands and like because it's a great way to get to know people outside of just 
sitting in a restaurant and asking each other questions like what's your favorite color um (laughs) get creative like oh my gosh dating in Toronto is so interesting what's your favorite color purple okay do you want to fuck whoa (laughs) (laughs) exactly so I love those ideas I think being in nature is great picnics are great um Mm -hmm. something I love with dating as you mentioned um, is doing things together, whether it's a pottery class, you can reenact ghosts, you know, the corny, oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, soap making, candle making, um, wine tastings. Um, I love, I've done this before and I don't know why it's six out is like one of my favorite date nights. This is more of like, if you're in a relationship, but having like an at-home spa day, like a spa night with your partner, yeah. that's really, really fun. Um, so mm-hmm. I recommend those ones. But let's talk about dating in Toronto. You mentioned that. Let's get into it. What is it like? Because I feel like it's a hellscape. We always talk about it. It's so difficult. (laughs) That's why I'm like, part of me is like, don't, Marissa, just don't bother with dating right now. But I can't. It's so hard to like. (laughs) The hopeless romantic in you. The hopeless romantic in me just wants to like do cute shit with someone, you know, like that's like my girl, but people just be out here playing games um the dating scene in Toronto for me personally as a non-binary lesbian has been rough because it's like everyone knows each other yeah 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 Mm. but then on top of that it's also like people don't really know what they want necessarily and it's like right now like we're, we're kind of coming out of like the scary lockdown situation so people are outside you know people are dating and I think because people are finally in a place where they feel safe to go out on dates and like explore and whatnot that people are just too busy and have too many dates line up line up everywhere that unless you're doing something special spectacular um or getting straight to the point of whatever you're trying to be with this person Mm it just kind of gets lost in the sauce. Like I take my time with things too, because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to just date someone one time and then be like, yeah, you're my girl. Um, I'm trying to see where things go. Have you around my friends, have you around in public, see what everything Mm. is like. So I know what our relationship could be like, but Toronto's a fast paced city. And I don't think people are really in that time of like slowing down to really get to know someone. I think that's like winter time. That's when people are like, wait a minute. Cuffing season. Valentine's soon come. You know, it, that and like, part. And you know, Valentine is coming. Where's your boyfriend? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's crazy because like the winters are so bitter here and cold oh, yeah. and miserable. TTC is always breaking down and you're always like, I just mm-hmm. want to be snowed in with somebody. But during the yeah. summer months, that's hot girl summer in exactly. So everybody's trying to skin out and yeah. that's great and dandy but so nice yeah it's, it's tricky it's <laughs> it's tricky I I completely hear you um we mm. talk about this so often I don't know I feel like I feel like the heterosexual side of things in this city the men option Toronto men are just I don't know I don't know what they want again it's a it's just a confusion it's just confusing. <laughs> Nobody it's knows what they confusing. want. People lie about what they want and then, you know, get you into situations that are 
annoying and frustrating. Yeah. I don't know, it would improve things here. But I feel like every city, every major city has that complaint, whether you're from Paris or London. I, but Toronto is still absolutely the worst. Like I, like I tried to have a bisexual moment this past summer because hot girl <laughs> summer, um, really tried. Met this man um, and I was like, okay, cool vibing, getting to know him. And I'm like, okay, he's really nice. And then he's just like, so I have five kids. And I was like, hold on, sir, wait a minute, five, five. You just, you just put that, <laughs> just laid that on right? the table. And, like that. and then afterwards, I'm like, oh, okay, at least he's like honest. And I'm like, okay, so like telling me more. And he's like, yeah, I have like four baby moms. But I was like, just about to ask about the baby moms. And I'm just like, okay, okay. And then I'm just like, so how old are they? And he's like, it ranges from two to 18. And I'm like, okay, reset, reset. 18? Reset. Yeah. At all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Full grown man. Um, and I was just like, you know what? It'll just be like a casual thing. We did the sex one time. And I'm like, that's exactly why you have five kids. Got it. Okay, <laughs> wow. understood. <Woo. laughs> understood. Um, so it was like a month of me trying this bisexuality thing. Um, and <laughs> one day I like wake up like at his place and I'm just like about to use the bathroom. And usually when I was there, I just like go like no clothes on, just rock to the bathroom. And he's like, no, no, no. My dad is home. I was like, the whole time I was laying was in man's his father's house. home. <laughs> This man was like grown, grown, 38-year-old man. And I was like, at your dad's home. Those are the type of niggas so, to be like, oh, my dad lives with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He made it seem like that. And then I was just like, wait a minute. Everything makes sense. This is why all the furniture is old. I'm mm, like, plastics on the couch. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe, I'm like 38. Well, maybe he just got these things from his parents or something. So honestly, these dudes in Toronto ain't shit. For real, for real. Mm-hmm. Red flag. Why so many kids? You shouldn't have so many kids and be single at this age. You know what I mean? <laughs> Red flag. Red and flag. I kind of feel like, ooh, this is a spicy take. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're a man over 35 years old, I don't feel this way about women or any other gender, but particularly with men, I'm like, you're 35 years old and still single, still unmarried, hasn't been any movements. Why don't people want you? Yeah. It's really weird. Like you're nyam and left? Like I don't. Right? I give it to 35. I feel like if you're 30, you know, that's still pretty young. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you're just no, a scraggler. <laughs> yeah. But 35 yeah. and off? I don't know. What's going on? No, 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 no. No, no, no. I was not the one surprised you if you told me he had a whole wife or something. I was like, you know, at this point exactly but I feel like with you know other genders it's hard out here you know what I mean and we be fucking do you know what I mean like I don't know I just feel like we're often taken for granted Absolutely. <laughs> and we're often like great individuals we get the short end of the stick with yeah, men taken for idiots all the time exactly with men I feel like that's a lower percentage <laughs> yeah no they, but they to make that um that narrative like oh I don't know why no one likes me oh, mm. 
Exactly. I'm, I'm a great, I'm a great guy. I'm a, I'm a good I'm guy. So great. I'm not a bad guy. I'm a good guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have just five kids. No big deal. <laughs> exactly. Could have been 10, but yeah, I, maybe yeah. it is. Exactly. It could have been 10, but I used the condom like the five other times and it's just 50-50. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Straps to You. Mm-hmm. So Strap to You is a party that I started August of 2019. And I started it because I didn't see that there were a lot of like queer parties for like Black women and non-binary folks. Like I was getting like more used to my queerness and understanding myself and wanted to be in spaces that weren't white and predatory <laughs> basically and I started that party and I made it thinking it was going to be a one-time thing but that first night there was like so many beautiful black women and non-binary folks and trans folks that like came out and supported the event and it just inspired me to keep going and keep creating space because I saw how important it was to people so that's a party that I've been doing that I kept going throughout the pandemic we moved to be online we did different things like we had wine and paint nights we had slumber parties on zoom and we did do parties yeah super cute and like really built a community off this and now we've as things are opening up I tried to do a bunch of outdoor things like we did a beach party um a couple times now and it's just been a lot of fun getting to know and reconnect with community, especially like folks who only heard about us online and then meeting them in person. It's just been a really nice, um, beautiful way of connecting with community. And is it mostly Black queer folks that uh, attend these parties? Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, mostly Black queer folks, yeah. Yeah, because I, I've often heard that there's not a lot of Black queer spaces in Toronto, especially mm-hmm. some ones that are like uh, catered towards dating and mixing and mingling and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's pretty white. <laughs> so it's yeah. nice to have, to have that, like you said, community, mm-hmm. sense of community. Absolutely. Um, so you're also a drag king. Mm-hmm. So I, I so feel many like, things. yes, <laughs> multi-hyphenate, okay? Yeah. <laughs> So drag king. Um, I feel like a lot of people are aware of, you know, what a drag queen is. So um, I'm going to let you explain the differences and like what it's like to be a drag king. Mm -hmm. So a drag queen is definitely trying to play on um, the stereotypes of how a woman looks, um, the way she embodies herself really touching on and tapping into femininity. Whereas uh, drag kings are usually people who are not born um, men and they want to tap into that masculine energy and really bring that on on stage and really hit all of the stereotypical men things. So what I do in my drag because I'm Jamaican and I've always been around Jamaican culture my whole life, all my uncles, I type, from um I embody them when I go into drag I become like that Jamaican man that's calling you all kinds of sweet names as you walk by (laughs) the street downtown right that man who is also married also has four (laughs) kids but if you look good you look good and I'm going to tell you it straight to your face that kind Mm -hmm. of vibe is what Mm -hmm. I try to bring um so really play on those stereotypes um but then also um remove myself from the the negative stereotypes so my drag king name is Buster Hyman 
Um, and, <laughs> I love and, that. <laughs> and with that, I, um, you know, like in Jamaican culture, there is a lot of homophobia. So I intentionally play on um, my drag persona being bisexual and bi-curious and very open about that. Um, so I was doing a show very recently, two days ago, actually, where I had an on-stage kiss with another drag king to kind of wow. be like, haha, look at this. And um, I have a drag queen wife and her name is Tifa Wine and she's Trini. Okay, I love happened, that. Right? Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> playing off of like real ass couples that you would see. Um, and yeah, on stage, I'm just always flirting with the other performers and other people in the audience when my wife is not around. <laughs> and then acting like nothing happened. And um, yeah, just playing and poking fun at that whole um, kind of situation. This is reminding me of how uh, theater culture in the West Indies is. It's, it's very mm-hmm. reminiscent of that. And I like yeah. how, you know, you folks have tweaked it and altered it to fit a queer narrative and create mm-hmm. a queer, like, almost performance space, not almost pers- a performance space. Um, and also being delightfully Caribbean. Because um, mm-hmm. I feel like Caribbean culture is so heteronormative. Um, Absolutely. because we're always trying to push against queer narratives and trying to define ourselves as, you know, love a man and love a gal and mm-hmm. all these types of things, you know? So it's nice to see that. Yeah, um, another question I very much like Oliver Samuel meets Medea. Um. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. so do you ever perform at uh, uh, pride events or do you find that um, let me say this actually do you find that there are spaces for drag kings to perform in the gay village in Toronto is there that like a very open space or do you find that people aren't as willing to give like venues or um, accommodate those types of performances Hmm. for me I find it's it's difficult. Like I am the type of person and it's only because I have like done a lot of work in community that I'm able to create in this way, but I just make the spaces for myself now because mm-hmm. a lot of the time, um, the village, unless you are super known or you've been on uh, Canada's drag race, for instance, you have to do so much work to kind of prove yourself and also cater to a white straight audience. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's weird how like we as queer people have to now cater to the straights, but Hmm. I digress. Um, Hmm. I haven't done too much work in the village. Um, Shows that I've been part of, especially in being a king have just been like shows that are specific to being kings. And because my numbers, I strictly do like Jamaican numbers, which now I might have to open up to being like, doing Jamaican covers or something so that it fits Mm -hmm. more with like wider audiences. Like I did a show in Alberta and I did No Games by Sarani. I thought everyone knew that song. Everyone was confused. (laughs) Wow. Um, (laughs) And and I even did Shaggy, wasn't me. And still Mm. didn't hit as much as a (laughs) remix of, um, what was it? Uh, Holja remix of Peaches by Justin Bieber. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So 
long story short, um, for me, I've had to kind of make those opportunities for myself and really push myself out there to be seen. But as a whole, drag kings here are not as seen, especially drag kings that are um, like black. There mm-hmm. are a lot of white drag kings. They pop up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Toronto right now, there's literally three of us. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And something mm-hmm. else I wanted to um, talk about that you touched on earlier is the fact that a lot of nightclubs and um, bars in the gay village have kind of been invaded, if you will, by particularly straight women, cishet Mm -hmm. women, um, and generally just straight people, because I even know cishet men who go to the village, and it's kind of like a, um, I don't want to say voyeuristic, but Oh, absolutely. You know, kind of like yeah. invading the space, like, oh, how do they, how do gay people live? How do they, but we're taking up space, you know, in those venues. And I just wanted to get your opinion, your take on how you feel um, going to certain queer events and how do you feel about straight people being there and taking up space? And, you know, I don't know, like, I just want to get your take on, on how you feel about, about that happening. Cause I feel like it happens a lot. I, I have never, especially on campus, going to like events on campus. Cause most of my friends um, were, were, are <laughs> queer and they'd invite me if they were performing or doing something or hosting. And I'm like, is there even any queer people in the room? It's just like straight people Mm -hmm. watching (laughs) queer people discuss things that are about queer life. So how do you feel? Sorry, that was a very long explanation. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. Like it is very voyeuristic and feels very odd to me. Like it's different when it's like um, you have a friend who's queer and has only like their straight friends to go and support them to go to this event. But it's very different when there's like, a whole bachelorette of a straight woman mm. um, that are just like, I'm going to go to this event, you know, and just like have a great time. Like I know and understand, like if I'm producing the show, I'm trying to get my bag, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and to me, it's like, if you're going to be in this kind of space, I hope you have cash. I hope you're paying the performers well. I hope you are not complaining about shit. Like, I hope you are just in that space, having a good time and being there to support more Mm -hmm. than anything. If it's something where it's like a queer party, absolutely. I'm going to be so annoyed. Like, why are you here in this space, taking up space when there's so many things out there for you already everything is everything (laughs) like I get it like sometimes people want to be in a space like especially for women like they want to be in a space where there aren't a whole bunch of men like all up on them touching Mm -hmm. them feeling them up get that especially like when I used to um present more feminine I like Mm -hmm. that safety too and it was Mm -hmm. like my way in like before I knew or wanted to call myself what I was, Mm. I was definitely like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to go to the gay club with you. Oh, absolutely. I don't (laughs) want the men to touch me. That's the only reason why. Right. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's like, I think folks just have to know the space that they take up. um, And unless they're there to like help your friend make more friends, maybe try and like use that space to help your friend find more friends so that they can go to spaces like this Mm -hmm. um there's not much like 
being an ally in queer community is great and wonderful, but it's just the actions that go with it mm. that really show and help the community. Exactly. Because, you know, as they say, it's one thing to be an ally. Like, I feel like an ally, um, and this has been discussed so many times, it's an active thing. You're mm. always going to have to constantly check in with yourself and adjust your, um, you know, subconscious or even conscious homophobia, transphobia, or what have you, and also act accordingly. You mm-hmm. can't just say you're an ally and you support and then go and behave another way. Um, yeah. But I think that's a, a part of allyship in any context. Um, but something else I was going to bring up is you brought up like Canada's drag race. And I feel like drag is um, a part of pop culture now, which is amazing, mm-hmm. especially for visibility. Um, but simultaneously, it kind of brings up that question of like, sometimes with exposure comes uh, um, exploitation and also who are we performing for? So mm-hmm. how do you feel about Canada's drag or just drag race in general? And I've never seen a drag king on, on drag race or do you even not even care about drag kings being on drag race? I would love to see um, drag kings on drag race, but I understand that like there's so much like transphobia within the whole drag race scene and like them being so much about like looking like a woman, but not being so fishy, like Mm. not looking too much like a woman. And it's a part of the culture that like I find a lot of... um, queer women especially don't follow too much into it um I have watched a couple seasons but yeah it's just in also doing drag and I've been on shows with other like drag queens who have been like very known in the scene and a lot of them are just really gross in regards to women and really disrespectful Mm. um so it has really turned me off I do still think that if there's a way to do it in a way that could make it a very teachable moment in that community by like having a um, person who is not born a man um, mm. be on the show and do a drag king thing and really tap into masculinity. Or I think with the sh- way the show works, I think it would probably be best to have a whole drag king show because it'd be say. kind of weird to be like one man against all of these <laughs> right. impersonators. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's like a thing that in um, drag king culture, a lot of people have talked about like how we they think there's never going to be a king. Um, but there are like shows online. I was part of this one show on YouTube um, by Eros, who is really big and known in um, the oh, yes. community. Yeah, called Drag Me King. Okay. Um, I was on the first season of that, and that was really great for visibility for kings, especially people of color kings. I was the only Canadian one on there, so that was really fun. Definitely going to leave that in the description box mm-hmm. so our listeners yeah. can watch that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's great for visibility for sure. And I love seeing, um, like, especially, like, Black and, like, Caribbean queens on the Canada's mm-hmm. Drag Race editions. Yeah, Because then they get more bookings just yes. from that alone. So for that, I'm here for it. The other stuff, the mess, the drama, the transphobic shit can Mm. stay where it's at. And do you find that uh, in terms of queer performance, there's a lot of more masculine presenting people being pushed out more than feminine presenting people or just gay men only being uh, represented and pushed out? 
Uh, do you feel like there's an issue with representation? Mm, right now, I feel like there's a lot of representation. There's a lot of representation of like gay men, and mm -hmm. I think that's forever going to be a thing. Um, I'd love to see more representation of non-binary people who aren't skinny and white. Mm. You know, that's like another thing too. It's just like, yeah, okay, and androgynous. We yeah, we understand now what like being non-binary is, but then it's like your only image of that is like a um, masculine-looking. Uh, butch mm. you know lesbian like I, it's just there's so many body types there's so many different ideas of what non-binary looks like it's not necessarily mm -hmm. androgynous though it can be mm -hmm. um it's just people it's just humans so once we get to that point I will be very excited once we get to the point of just letting people be themselves um <laughs> I'll be very happy. <laughs> it's it sounds you would think it's easy, but apparently it's very difficult because yeah. that has not happened for years. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, 2021, it's 20. I always say it's 2021. Why is this still happening? But mm -hmm. you know, it still takes a lot to change the tide. Yeah. Uh, but another question I had pertaining to that is um, do you feel like the lack of representation for non-binary people trickles into uh, you know your dating life or the general dating life for non-binary people who don't fit that white androgynous mold of what a non-binary person is supposed to act or look or mm. be like absolutely it does play a lot of uh, a large role in um my dating life like me like most people would say that i'm masculine or closer to being masculine more than feminine in the way that i dress and then start to put these different put me in these boxes like mm -hmm. there's a lot of um more masculine especially like studs like I've been called a stud before and I was like oh that's confusing um mm -hmm. <laughs> because I don't really see myself that way but um just putting me in this box of a lot of like studs or really masculine women um tend to not like a lot of things like they don't like penetration or they don't mm. like to be topped or they're always tops and that's not it for me I'm very open like I'm very much a top but I'm also very versatile and open mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I enjoy penetration the fuck um <laughs> like a lot of people just like place us in these boxes based on their own perception and their own internalized shit that they've got going on mm -hmm. so it does make it kind of difficult because then when people meet me too sometimes like they're thrown off by my voice or when I mm. am talking I guess I'm excited sometimes and then my voice goes extra high so mm. then they're like whoa or I'm wearing booty shorts to go to bed because it's comfy <laughs> you know like um it does make it hard because people assume like looking masculine you are a man and that's not mm. it I am <laughs> <laughs> far from it very far from it I'm just me in the same way that like there's men that are feminine doesn't make them anything different right of course and I think what you're saying sounds like to me that androgyny is kind of like the default just like how mm -hmm. uh you know we say whiteness is the default we just mm -hmm. assume you know oh you know if it's not this has to be a white person yeah um so that's interesting and I think it takes uh 
it takes some work for us as a society to unwrap that and unravel that. Cause I think a lot mm-hmm. of the times as human nature, we compartmentalize people who are like, you're this, you're that, you're this. So I already know everything about you and you can't define yourself because I already know. Mm-hmm. But I think having that freedom to open that up and allow for someone to reveal and express who they really are. I think that's really beautiful, whether it's in relationship or out of relationship. Absolutely. So thank you so much for um, coming on the show today, Thanks Marissa. For having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank I you. I'm too. so happy that you yeah. enjoyed it as well. Um, is there anything that you have to um, you know, promote? Oh, I have so many things coming up. Um Ooh. honestly, just like follow my Instagram at Marissa Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um Marissa with one R, one S. Um yeah, that's where I have all my things. I have drag shows, I have parties. I have an upcoming show that I'm going to be on that I can't talk too much about until it comes Ooh. out. But um, yeah, just follow along, see my journey. I'm always growing, always evolving, unlearning mm-hmm. and growing. Perfect. Thank you so much. And mm-hmm. I hope you listeners have a very blessed, safe and healthy week. Bye-bye.